You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Episode 25 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a while, I know. Been about a month, over a month at this point since the last episode. Uh, Been busy, writing a lot, working a lot, uh, doing a lot of things, but I'm glad to be back. Um, Hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. You know, teams haven't met in person yet uh, because of the, as Everyone knows, uh, obviously, the whole uh, COVID-19 situation. The Giants just wrapped up their virtual offseason program last Friday, June 12th. Uh, Right now, we're recording this on Friday, June 19th. And they didn't even even start opening, reopening the Quest Diagnostics Training Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, until early this month. Coaches were recently given the green light to return to uh, facilities after the league didn't allow them to initially. Uh, but I believe the Giants coaches are working virtually until training camp, which is slated to begin uh, late July. And so we haven't had a whole lot of news, not a whole lot of breaking news since the DeAndre Baker situation last month. But earlier this week, we got a story. Giants fans, Giants writers, Giants podcasters, Giants support, we got a story. And as you may know, it's the... Alja Grossa situation, Giants place kicker, 2018 Pro Bowler, 2018 second team AP All-Pro, uh, was arrested in Chico, California, so allegedly was going 100 miles an hour and driving erratically, quote-unquote, according to witnesses, per quote-unquote per TMZ, which is what witnesses said, uh, going 100 miles an hour, Around 8.25 a.m., he apparently failed to come to a stop at a red light, drove straight into a pickup in an intersection, and then proceeded to drive away. And then when his car broke down, he exited the car, began to run. Uh, the cops eventually found him near the crash site. Bloody hands, legs, bare feet. And... He admitted the car was his. The Chevrolet, the his black Chevrolet SUV, was that caused the accident. He admitted that he was the registered owner of the vehicle, and he was brought to he was brought for a medical evaluation before being booked into the Butte County Jail on misdemeanor hit and run charges, as well as he was also charged with uh, driving with a suspended license. 
And uh, I wrote about this earlier this week. Good article. You should check it out. EliteSportsNY.com. Um, that this instance, and I understand a lot of people point the finger at Dave Gettleman for a lot of negative situations and negative occurrences that occur that happen in and around this organization. But there's reason to do that. And right now, this Alja Grossa situation doesn't look good on the general manager of the New York Giants, the general manager who just saw, who just re-signed Rosas two months ago. It's like the Bakers. I, I understand Gettleman wasn't behind the wheel of the vehicle. He wasn't the one who, oh, and police believe alcohol was involved in this situation. Um, also, it's worth mentioning that Rosas was arrested for DUI in 2016 before he joined the Giants. But police believe alcohol was involved in this um, in this apparent incident. I understand Dave Gettleman wasn't behind the wheel of that car. I understand he, you know, d- he wasn't the one who allegedly, you know, initiated a hit and run while also allegedly having a blood alcohol content over the legal limit. I understand that this, you know, Dave Gettleman didn't do this. But when you re-sign a guy and then two months later that same guy gets into this type of situation, you as the guy who re-signed him and made a move to keep him on your organization and to keep him on your payroll, I believe, I think they have no dead cap if they cut him, but to keep him in the organization nonetheless, you look bad. If you re-sign a guy and two months later he does this, you look bad as the guy who re-signed him. That's how it works. It's like the Baker situation. You know, when DeAndre Baker was arrested, people were saying, oh, Gettleman didn't do this. He wasn't even at the cookout. Yeah, that's true. But when you trade up in the draft and draft a guy late first round, and then a year later, that same guy gets arrested and multiple charges of armed robbery and aggravated assault, both with a, both allegedly with a firearm, mind you. You're going to look bad. You look bad. If you make a move, a big move, giving away multiple draft picks to trade up to draft a guy and that guy gets into a situation like that a year later, you don't look good as a general manager. And right now it is the same exact thing with the Rosa situation. Gettleman does not look good once again. And it's a crucial offseason, and he's made some good moves this offseason. I will, I, I can't deny that whatsoever. He addressed the offensive line first, for, once and for all uh, in the draft with Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott and Shane Lemieux. Uh, added a new, new number one corner and James Bradbury. Uh, I thought I liked the Blake Martinez acquisition. Um, even like the smaller acquisitions, like I liked the Deion Lewis Acquisition. I like the Giants re-signing him. Or, excuse me, the Giants signing him. But, these, this pair of player, this these two arrests, do not do Gabe Gettleman any justice. They make him look bad. If you make moves to get guys on your team, or keep guys on your team, and then those guys turn out to be caught up in legal situations, such as aggravated assault, and armed robbery, and potentially DUI and definitely hit and run 
you don't look good at all. That's how it works. If you oversee a group of people and then one of those people does something bad, you look bad as the person overseeing it. That's the situation Dave Gettleman is in right now with the Giants. That's how it works. Okay? And do I think alcohol was involved? Well, let's let's see as far as the allegations are concerned. Let's see what we got here. 100 miles an hour. Driving erratically according to witnesses, T-boned the vehicle, kept driving, exited and ran the car. When he was found, he was all bloodied up, which I guess doesn't matter whether you're drunk or not, you're going to be bloodied up if you hit someone at 100 miles an hour. But 100 miles an hour, driving erratically, 8.25 a.m., mind you. T-bone, keep driving, exit and run, barefoot. All I'm saying is when there's this, where there's this much smoke, There must be plenty of fire. So yeah, I do think alcohol was involved. Police believe it was involved for right now. I ultimately think that alcohol played a role in this. Whether he was still drunk from the night before, whether he was drinking all night and and was driving home early in the morning, I, I, I don't know. But it seems with everything that was mentioned in that original TMZ article with everything that either cops had said or witnesses had said when you bring it all together as I just said a minute ago where there's this much smoke there must be plenty of fire so yeah I do think alcohol was involved um, and so then this would be if if alcohol was involved and the DUI happens and it would, it would be Rosas is now second time being arrested for DUI so I it's it it just does not look great on Dave Gettleman's part. You know they they got to win. I think for Gettleman to survive, I think they got they got to start off hot. I mean they got to go at least like three and two to start the year. Three, two, four, and one, five and zero. Oh. I mean five and zero oh is there's no shot. 5 and 0 is out the window. Possibly to fight with what's this guy? I know Steelers, Bears are somewhere in there, I believe. Um I they're not going on 5. Yeah, Steelers, Bears, yeah, Niners, Rams, Cow- no shot. They're not winning 5 games, the first 5 games. They got to go Steelers, Bears, 49ers, Rams, Cowboys. They got to win three of those five. If anything, it may be the Steelers, uh, Chicago. They may start off 2-0. and And LA, maybe. I can't see... I, if, if, there, if, there, if there's going to be three wins from those five, I, it's, it's those three wins. I can't see them uh, beating the Cowboys on the road and the Niners. The Niners are at home, but I can't see them beating the Niners whatsoever. But the get with what's happened this offseason, I think they may have to win at least the first three, the three of the first five games in order to, um, in order for Gettleman to really keep his job. Because this, this these these two player arrests don't look good. I can tell you that. <sighs> Great to have you back. I've been waiting a long time to go on some sort of rant. <laughs> so glad we're back. Uh. 
but not going to be too long of an episode. I wanted to start off with that, and then I wanted to sort of get into talking about there are a couple of position battles I want to address. Um, I know Joe Judge has this, has the, you know, bring, has introduced this vibe that, or introduced this, you know, sort of mantra that everyone earns their roster spot and everyone earns their depth chart, which is 100% true. That should be the case with every team. But you can admit that, you know, there are fans, writers, people who cover the team, they, we know who's going to start and who's not, for the most part. Obviously, Jones is going to start. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is going to start. Um, obviously, you know, Shepard, if he's healthy. Slayton, Engram, also if he's healthy. Uh, Dalvin Thomas, these guys, we know these guys are starters. But there's a couple of positions where it, it could go either way with who's battling for them. And I think there's these couple of positions uh, will, will have... The position battles for these spots will be interesting to witness once the training camp and preseason periods come along. Um, It it would be would have been even more interesting if there was you know OTAs and mini camp and stuff like that, but obviously that did not uh, occur this off season. So the first one I want to talk about is the center position. Now you got you have a couple guys who are going to be fighting for this spot and. Right now, there's three. We got Spencer Pulley, Nick Gates, and the rookie Shane Lemieux, who played 52 games at left guard for Oregon during his collegiate career. But they have expressed the um, that they're they're likely going to work him out at center. There could be a fourth. Who knows what's going to happen with John Halapio, who was the Giants' primary starter at center uh, last year. Torres Achilles in week 17. He's now a free agent. Um, he could return. There's a possibility he could return. But I'm just going to go with, I'm just going to give my opinion over this position battle using the guys that are on the roster now. So Alapio isn't on the roster now. Pulley, Gates, and Lemieux are. And I say out of these three, at least initially, Pulley's going to win the job. Now, I'm not rooting for him to win the job. I'd rather him not win the job. I think he's more of a backup. I think he's uh, he's inconsistent. Uh, I, he, I, he's a decent backup. I, I say all the time he's inconsistent. I, I don't. I, it's not like I'm not a fan of him. I just I, I think he's more of a backup. Uh, but I think he'll start initially because he has more experience at this spot than Gates does and Lemieux. Obviously, Lemieux, I just said, 52 games at guard, and he was just drafted. Um, he's no pro experience yet. Uh, Nick Gates is more of a guard and tackle, and hasn't. He was undrafted 2018. He's only played. Uh, he's only started three games. He started three games last year. Uh, appeared in all 16, so he has a little bit more. He's, he has uh, seasons worth more of experience than Lemieux. But I think Pulley uh, will win the job and be the starting center at least initially. There's a possibility. They could make a switch a uh, couple games in because of it, if his if his inconsistent tendencies, if his tendencies to be inconsistent, I guess is what I'm saying, uh, arise again, then maybe they'll possibly make a switch. Um, I would say I would I would guess that they're going to make a switch. They'd make it to Gates over Lemieux. Just my opinion. 
But um, 56.7 pro football focus grade in 2018, started 13 games, or st- excuse me, played in 13 games, started nine for the Giants that year. That was the year that Jalapio was hurt. And then in 2019, last year, uh, only played four games with one start. Uh, I believe he started the game against the Jets in which Jalapio missed. Um, and uh, in that time, only conjured up a 48.7 pro football focus grade. So like I said, Pulley's not... He's not talented enough to be a starter, but he's more of a backup. But, uh, you know, if that's if he's going to be the best option out of the three, and as far as experience, I think he would be. And so I think the Giants ultimately will go with him uh, over the other two. But, again, you still don't know. how. I, I'm just basing this off of who's on the roster now. You still don't know with Jalapio. If Jalapio is on the roster, you know, in the training camp and, and preseason periods and he's healthy, then... It's a possibility that they go with him. And I think they would go with him as a starter, since considering they did last year. All right, moving on. The inside linebacker uh, spot. Um, I'm jumping here. I don't think there's any other position battles uh, that are going to take place on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we know who's going to play receiver. We know who's going to play tight end, quarterback, running back. Uh, the offensive line, I think it will be Solder at left tackle and uh, Thomas at right tackle. That may have been the only sort of... Uh, one where people weren't sure. I think Solder will at least initially start at left tackle. They're not gonna, the Giants are not going to want to throw Thomas in at left tackle right away. That's too big of a responsibility for him right away. Uh, they have to have him adapt to the speed of the pros, the speed of the game, and uh, he'll start. He'll, he'll he's the team's left tackle for the future, but not the you know in the long run, not the short term. You know, it's Solder can start there while Thomas gets a feel for the NFL and then eventually make the switch. But I don't think there, I think it's Solder on the left and Thomas on the right, at least, you know, initially. And then inside linebacker, uh, I think, you know, Blake Martinez is obvious. I, I believe is obviously going to start. They wouldn't sign him just to not, they wouldn't give him a three-year deal uh, just to, with, you know, the level of talent that he portrays on the field, 144, 144, and 155 combined tackles from 2017 to 2019, respectively. Uh, I don't think they would use him as a reserve. Um, I think he's, he's too talented to be a backup. So I think when you talk about if you're if you're going to run a 3-4 and you have two inside linebacker spots, I believe the other one will be a battle between David Mayo and Ryan Connolly. And I love Ryan Connolly. I thought he was great last year before he, t- he tore his ACL week four. Uh, and... Uh, but I think, Dave, when you talk about experience and you talk about someone who isn't coming off an injury, I think David Mayo wins the job over Connolly. Um, as I said, he's you know more experience. Giants seem to like him considering they gave him a three-year extension this offseason. Uh, I think just like the center situation, it things obviously could change. A couple games in, mid-season, late-season, who knows. Uh, you know, Connolly could end up starting eventually. But, you know, coming off this injury, I think he'll need to prove what he can bring to the table again. And um, he'll have to do that on special teams. And I think just with, you know, with the, the more recent success on the field, uh, the more the... With Connolly's injury history, I know it's not really a history, but, you know, only played one year and he missed 12 games. So, they have it. I just I think coming off that type of injury, they're going they're going to want to put Mayo in there to start alongside Martinez, and um, you know maybe Connolly starts eventually, but 
not initially. Uh, Mayo had a good... The, the Giants like him. 82 combined tackles, 5 tackles for loss, 2 sacks, 2 pass breakups. Talking about David Mayo. So, he can be a reliable player. Uh, I think Connolly has the potential to be more talented than him. I think from what we saw last year, Connolly was a little bit more talented from when he played. But you also you also got to take into effect that early in Con- you know those four games are the first four games Connolly played in his NFL career. So the opponents didn't possess film on Connolly really. So uh, who knows how that's going to progress, you know, later on. But all in all, final answer: David Mayo starting alongside Martinez, outside linebacker. Obviously, if Marcus Golden is on the team, he's the Giants placed the unre- the rare unrestricted free agent tender on him uh, last, or I believe in April. I gotta see. Uh, it was either in April or May. They placed the unrestricted free agent tender on him. Yeah, late April. Placed the unrestricted free agent tender on him. Uh, I thought he was walking in free agency. I thought, you know, the couple weeks had, uh, had passed since the start of the new league year, since the start of the free agency period, and I thought there was a possibility, like, okay, maybe the Giants aren't re-signing him, but then they placed the... No one picked him up. I think uh, Golden wanted too much money. Uh, he wanted, you know, a significant amount after racking up 10 sacks last year uh, and leading the team, leading the Giants in sacks. But I, I don't think any team was willing to budge uh, in regards to his in the price tag that he put on himself or that his agent put on him. So it's the Giants placed this tag on him. And if he remains unsigned by July 22nd, I believe at 4 p.m. Eastern time, he will pl- he can only play for the Giants in 2020 and on a relatively cheap deal. Um, it's not a deal he'll be happy with, but he'll be the start one of the starting outside linebackers, edge rushers, nonetheless, considering the success he had last year with this team. And as far as the other one, uh, so that he's not he's not in any sort of position battle, but it's the other outside linebacker position that I feel will have a position battle, and that is Lorenzo Carter, uh, O'Shane Zimenez, Kyler Fackrell, and I believe it'll be Lorenzo Carter. I just think he has more talent than the other guys. Um, he's definitely got more talent than uh, O'Shane Zimenez, right now at least, and uh, also Carter Coughlin, who the Giants drafted uh, in the seventh round this year. I believe Fackrell, guys like Fackrell, and Zimenez, they will come in on blitz packages, uh, but I think just Carter is Carter's more talented option than both of them. But he needs to be careful, though. Carter does. His consist he has consistency related issues. He's only had eight and a half sacks in thirty career games. They he actually started ten more games last year than he did his rookie year. His rookie year he played fifteen games, started in two, and then last year. Second year in the in the league, he played 15 games, started in 12. So uh, he had more playing time, obviously, and uh, he you know he got he was given more opportunities. He only increased his sack total by 0.5, went from four his rookie year to four and a half, and then uh, only increased his tackle total by two. Had 43 combined tackles as a rookie, 45 last year. So he he's got to he's got to grow as a player. He's got to start being consistent. He can't have these, you know, decent games and then he disappears. He he's got to he's got to step it up. 
Uh, I believe possibly under a new coaching staff he will. Obviously, James Betcher's defense didn't work for two years, and that's who we played under for two years. So it's maybe with a new coaching staff, uh, he will be able to flourish. Maybe when you talk about that linebacking corpus, maybe he'll work well better with Martinez than he did with Alec Ogletree, who was also another inconsistent player the Giants employed for two years. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping he does because he's a good athlete. He really is. He showed a lot of promise his rookie year, didn't improve much his second year. So fans hoping that he'll he'll take a huge leap in year number three. And uh, I think he'll have the opportunity to do that from the starting outside linebacker spot. Obviously, at least initially. These guys are all, it's all initially. You never know what's going to happen. Injuries, awful performances, uh, you know, one guy, one backup steps up, you know, in practice or uh, and special teams or, you know, whatnot. So all this is initially, and I think Carter's going to win the job initially. And then finally, we got the slot corner position. I wrote about this, I think, about a month or two back. A um, lot of guys for this spot. A lot of guys. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not going to say DeAndre Baker is going to compete for this spot. If DeAndre Baker plays, if he's good to go, if he's not suspended by the league, if he's not, you know, who knows? If he's not in prison or anything like that, you know, we, we don't know at this point. We really don't know what's going to happen. But if he is playing, he's going to be in one of the two starting in one of the two primary starting corner spots opposite of James Bradbury. And as far as the slot corner position goes, you have a lot of guys. Julian Love, Corey Ballantine, Grant Haley. Um, Ballantine and Haley both notched starts, both notched starts at this spot last year. Um, and then you got two rookies, Chris Williamson, who the Giants drafted in the seventh round out of Minnesota. Darnay Holmes, fourth rounder out of UCLA. You got a bunch of guys who can play this spot. But I think the guy who ultimately wins the job, and I am rooting for him to win the job, is Julian Love. Drafted as a corner, uh, played as a safety last year, believed an injured Jabril Peppers in the, um, I believe it was Week 12, the Week 12 loss to uh, the Chicago Bears, uh, picked off a pass from Mitch Trubisky in that game and then uh, started the final five games at strong safety, was actually likely going to be the starting free safety this year, Uh, and then the Giants uh, drafted Xavier McKinney out of Alabama, arguably the top safety in the draft. Nobody really thought that he was going to drop to the Giants, at least not a lot of people thought that. Um, But I I believe Julian Love will win this job. Uh, He's athletic, he's versatile, He's smart. He can play in multiple spots, and uh, I think you know he played. He started the last five games of the year last year, as I just said, at the, at the physical strong safety position. So he could be physical. He can hit. Thirty-seven combined tackles last year. Five tackles for loss. Three three pass breakups and the one pick. Uh, he can he can put up numbers. He can do a lot, and I think it would be a mistake for the Giants, at least not to give him a. Uh, significant look in training camp in preseason at slot corner. I think if you have a defensive backfield that consists of an improving DeAndre Baker, if DeAndre Baker can get past his uh, rookie year struggles, and there were a lot of them, and ultimately improve heavily in year number two, James Bradbury, who's uh, a good, who's 
going to be a reliable and talented number one corner. Definitely an upgrade from the problematic and also uh, inconsistent Janoris Jenkins. And then you have a safety tandem of Xavier McKinney and Jabril Peppers. And that's a versatile, athletic, uh, talented safety. That, that has the potential to be one of the more versatile safety tandems in the league in a couple of years, Peppers and McKinney. So if you can have those four guys, and then you can add another versatile and athletic option in Julian Love at slot corner, I think you have... Uh, I'm, it's not going to be the best defensive backfield, but it will at least be an upgrade from last year. Um, and uh, another, re- another, another reason why I think Love should win the job is I, I just don't, I don't have confidence in many of the other options. I, I, Holmes and Williams and Chris Williamson are, I don't believe, have the chance to start right away. They're the, they're young. Chris Williamson, especially as a seventh rounder, Darney Holmes. Um, I, I don't I don't think Holmes has the potential to start either right away. He'll be a special teams guy and then work his way up through the depth chart. Um, he'll make the team 100%. You don't know if Williamson's going to make the team, but Darney Holmes will definitely make the team. But you just got to see uh, if he'll what he'll what he'll initially be able to do on special teams and in practice before you can make a decision on whether he'll start. And if he does eventually start, it, it's not going to be week one. And then Haley and, and Ballantine, Haley has struggled before. Ballantine struggled as well last year. Uh, obviously, Ballantine's, the start to Ballantine's career was sadly uh, started off tragic with the killing of his best friend, Dwayne Simmons, um, in a uh, shooting. Ballantine was also wounded in the shooting. So, yeah, it, it's, you don't, you got to take that into consideration that his career was sidetracked with tragedy, um, the start to his career. And I think, you know, if he can, if he can improve this year, then great. hundred percent. I mean, if he can, he struggled on the field last year, but if he can improve his coverage skills, um, if he could be more physical from that spot, I'd say Ballantine would get a great look, but I just, I, I just think love is the more talented guy out of all of the options. And that's why I ultimately think he'll win the job at slot corner. But all right, that's all we have for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so sorry it took so long to come out with this episode. It's been over a month since episode 24, the last episode. But I'm glad you guys, um, guys and girls, are able to tune in. And uh, thank you for letting me talk for 30 minutes. Uh Obviously, that's not, you know, it's not a great thing to hear me talk for 30 minutes, but thank you for allowing me to do that. Uh, I am your host, as always, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, excuse me, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y, that's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and uh, wherever else you get your podcasts. Not wherever else. I think... Definitely Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher is another one. I don't know who, if, I don't know, uh, people use Stitcher a lot, but it's up there. Basically, in most places where you can find podcasts, subscribe, um, and look forward to episode 26, which should come out soon. Not going to go on another big break again. I will be back soon for another episode. And um, finally, thanks for tuning in. See you later.